welcome back to Becoming Better Podcast. As always, I'm so grateful that you chose to tune in today and listen. This week is a little bit different, which I'm super excited about because it is my first time ever having a guest on the podcast and will not be the last. But a few weeks ago, I did a poll on different people that you guys wanted to hear on the podcast. One of the most requested people to come on the podcast was Mark, my husband. And so after a lot of convincing, here we are with Mark. Hello. Hey, how's it going? We are, uh, I guess I should say, I'm so excited to be here and we're just excited to dive into relationships, dating, all the questions that you guys have. So thanks for having me on, babe. It's like, it <laughs> yeah, it's good. Okay. <laughs> Since I am having my husband on, I think that it is super fitting to have this topic of the conversation be centered around relationships, dating, marriage, all of the things in between, which I still stand on this. We will probably not give a lot of marriage advice because I'm super passionate about that. I've talked about it in multiple of my podcasts that I do not like when people don't have a lot of experience in something and they feel like they have all the qualifications to give advice and talk about it because first year of marriage was pretty hard for us to be honest. And so we're not going to give a lot of advice on marriage, but I did a Q and a where you guys could enter questions that you wanted to have talked about and answered. And so we're going to go through a few of them. And if we get on side conversations along the way, then so be it coming in strong. The first one is one of the questions asked was, did either of you guys get the ick when dating? I'm struggling with that so much. <laughs> um, I don't think you should struggle because I got the ick a lot and I still get the ick in some things. What? Do you get the ick with me? I did get the ick. Okay. We got to kick it off with a little bit of humor because you guys know I like a little bit of humor. But in all in all seriousness. Hold on. To, to preface, I, I've never heard of him having an ick of me. So this is all new information. I found out when I came down to Atlanta with her and she was making me breakfast one day that when she cracks her eggs, she puts the eggshells back into the carton or like the tub that they're in. And I was looking at her. I'm like, your garbage is right there. And by the way, let me preface that my wife is literally one of the cleanest people I've ever met. I am. And she leaves her eggshells in there. It's like, ew, no. I think a lot of people do it because I saw people doing it once. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea because whatever. It's not like there's anything like dirty in a cracked egg. I just think it's gross. I don't know. I don't know how you do it. Anyway, so some of the icks that I have with Mark. Uh- <laughs> no, but really, I, I don't know if it's appropriate for me to say all of them because we're not here to bash each other. I know that some people say that like when you're infatuated, you see nothing wrong with the person. But that's not like really true because... And maybe that's just like how I am, that I'm not a biased person. I don't care how close you are to me. If you do something crazy or wrong, um, I'm not going to view you differently. I'm going to know that you did something crazy and wrong. And I'm just like not a biased person. But there were definitely a few times where I raised my eyebrows a little bit when we were dating. And I was like, ew, I don't really like that. (laughs) Everybody has their flaws. And I think that's um, something to understand when dating, that if you think that you're going to find somebody where nothing they do annoys you, just wait till you get married because then a whole other closet of stuff will come out. And so it's just not realistic to think that you're never going to be annoyed with somebody or you're going to love every single thing about them. Like you love them as a person, but it doesn't mean you love everything that they do. Like God, God loves us as people, but he doesn't love everything that we do. And I think marriage reflects our relationship with God and stuff like that. And so, yeah, that's my two cents. Yeah, there's a, there's this saying, um, and I know I'm going to sound like such a cringy pastor right now, but it's like God- Mark is a youth pastor, so everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, God loves the sinner, but hates the sin. And I, I, you know, I think we can take that when it comes to dating as well. It's like, Hey, there's going to be things that you don't like with certain individuals. And the question is what kind of, I guess, brokenness or flaw are you willing to put up with and love the person despite that? And and then I think you got to look at like how coachable is somebody or how are they willing to mold and shift and make changes? You know, I'm, I'm not the most organized person, but ever since I married my wife, she's definitely helped me to be a lot better. I'm still a huge work in progress, but I would say, you know, I've made like a 180 turn. And so if they're willing to make that sacrifice and make those changes, and that's a conversation you can have, then I think that's that's great. Yeah, like I'm going to put Mark on blast a little bit because no, yes, I am because oh, people my. can change, not like change who they are, but change some of the maybe habits and things that they do. So when I was dating Mark, something that I noticed at his house is that like he, whenever he would get something out of the pantry or open a cabinet or something, he would just leave the cabinet open. And I think that's like a normal guy thing because I've seen people on TikTok talk about it with their husbands. It just confused me so much. And then he would blame it on his mom. <laughs> he would say that his mom would leave it open sometimes when it was him. And so now that we live together, I definitely like I'll get on to him. I'm like, Mark, like you need to close the cabinet. And I will say he has gotten so much better and he closes his stuff. He, he, he <laughs> I think it did run in the family though. Listen, there's things that run in your family too. Like what? Like my wife will go to a restaurant and she will find every little thing about the decor and how things are designed and be so nitpicky on it. We were, okay, just for, I know we're totally off topic right now, but we were at Maggiano's the other day on a date night and we're sitting next to this like kind of countertop and there is dust on this and it's right next to our face. And she looks over and she's like, this is so dusty. This is so shaky. Like what? Yeah, because I'm eating and literally right next to us is a whole line of dust. That's gross. And Maggiano's, you should do better. But we love Maggiano's. So Maggiano's, if you hear this, you guys feel free they to sponsor, sponsor us. sponsor me. Absolutely. I don't mind. So all in all, getting the ick is normal. And honestly, if you don't get the ick, you should reevaluate of how honestly and genuinely you're seeing this person because everybody has a few things that are kind of annoying about them. To be honest, this is a question that I personally have gotten a lot over the past few years. I've been pretty open about my past, where I come from, which is a little bit crazy and not something that like I'm the most proud of. But someone asked, how should a man react when they learn about a significant other's past sexual sin? And so whether somebody didn't save themselves from marriage, whether someone, you know, got around a lot, whatever the phrase you want to call it is, when you find out about someone's past sexual history, how should you react and what's acceptable, what's not acceptable? And I'm going to let Mark answer this because you're a dude and you're married to someone who has a very active past, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why did you phrase it like I that? I didn't know what other appropriate way <laughs> uh, to say No, that's great. Listen, here's the deal. I think that when you are dating someone or you've just met somebody who, um, and maybe you are at the point now where you guys are having conversations about this and you are just now figuring out, hey, like they have a, a very deep past. I think that the thing you have to really look at is not so much the past, but you have to look at where they're at right now. Are the habits that they are doing daily, are the way that they are responding, are the way that they are handling their past? Have they... um turned away from that. And, and for those of you that maybe you would say, Hey, I'm a, I'm a believer of Jesus. Um, you know, we are, we believe in Jesus, but, um, it's like, 
Have you turned to Jesus in those circumstances and situations? Have you looked to him and asked him for forgiveness? Because I believe he covers, you know, a multitude of, of, of sins and brokenness. But, um, more, more than anything, I think you really just have to look at someone's actions and how they have responded because we've all made mistakes. We all, uh, have, have a past and it just looks differently. Um, but I think in a culture today that is so, uh, sexualized, it's like, this is the topic that everybody wants to talk about. And so, um, yeah, look, look at where they've come from and look at where they're at now. And if their actions are still aligning with what they've done in the past and, um, well then that that's your answer. But if they've shifted and they've changed, and that was one thing that I noticed with you, I was like, had you not told me, I probably wouldn't have known to be honest, because you've made such a huge change in, um, in your behavior and the way you act, the way you talk, the way you treat people. And, uh, you always say, what is that phrase you always say? You always say when you know what, is what it? you value, when you know what you value, you know what you're supposed to do. And I think that's so true. I know not everyone's like me, but because I have such like a hectic and crazy past, I've always been just brutally upfront and honest about it. And I think I scare some people sometimes. And so like, it was like the second or third FaceTime with Mark. Granted, I've never met him before. Like we're just FaceTime and getting to know each other. I told him straight up. I was like, yeah, I was engaged before and I called off my wedding and just like stuff like that. And so I think not being ashamed of where you come from, if that's not who you are anymore. I mean, if somebody judges you or makes you feel, I almost said something else. If someone else makes you feel crappy about it, then to heck with them. Like that's not really someone that you want in your life because that's just the beginning of somebody judging every little thing about your life and always making you feel a certain type of way. And if somebody can't accept where you come from, then they don't deserve the person that you are now. And so hmm, off the cliff, don't talk to them anymore. Cut them out. Absolutely. And and I, you know, I think something to keep in mind um, is that if, if you'd have had a bigger sexual past than your partner, you need to be okay with answering those questions. Like, you, and it should be okay for your partner or the person that you are dating to ask those questions. You should be okay being asked those questions because it's important to have a clear line of communication and be like, Hey, this is where I was from. Um, this is where I've been and this is where I want to go. And that was one thing that I loved about you is I asked you questions because no doubt the minute you told me the first thing that came to my mind when you said, Hey, I've been engaged. Like, yeah, that's a huge red flag because it's like, Whoa, you have committed to marry someone and you broke it off. Now, granted, I would argue that's way better than being, um, in a terrible marriage or an unhappy marriage or ending up in divorce. But yeah, if you're engaged and it's toxic, leave them, cut it off. <laughs> but yeah, be okay with answering questions about it. And, uh, for those of you that are dating someone who has a past like that, it's okay to ask them questions. I don't think that you have to tell somebody how many people you've been with if you're not comfortable. I feel like that's a very common question that I've gotten before too. And like I do life coaching. And so I've talked to a few girls where their partner was really frustrated with them because they didn't want to share with how many people they've been. And I think my personal opinion, that doesn't mean it's right, but I think it's really obsessive and like crazy if somebody has to know the exact number of how many people you've been with, because whether you've been with a few people or whatever, like you still been around. So like, whatever, like what difference does it make if you know the exact number? And if somebody makes you feel pressured that you have to share the exact number, I just think it's a little bit of a deeper root and it's kind of toxic and you shouldn't, you're not forced to share something like that, that you don't want to. And I think it's important to respect yourself and have those boundaries, even with yourself. Yeah, that's good. All right. This question, the next question is asking what to do if you're not equally yoked when dating slash newlywed and one spouse is fully dedicated while the other is lukewarm. If your heart is to have somebody with like-minded values and morals, 
for a long-term relationship and a marriage and for when you have kids one day, then being unequally yoked while dating shouldn't even be something that's on your radar. I've dated a lot of people who did not have the same values as me and I would like try to convince myself that they did or I would try to get them around the right kind of people or get them in the right church services to try to see if they would be willing to have the same viewpoints and perspectives as me. And that just did not work. And every single time that I thought it was going to work, it ended up in me being a little sad girl with a broken heart. And so if that's you, don't get into a relationship with somebody in hopes that they're going to have the same values as you. Because even if they do, um, what you'll come to find is that like it wasn't out of a genuine place. And anybody can put on their best show and put on their best foot forward and become whatever you want if they know like that's what you want and they know that they'll have more of a likely chance to stay in a relationship with you. But I promise you, if that's the case, the moment that that relationship ends, that person will go right back to how they originally were because it wasn't genuine and it wasn't authentic. And so asking the right questions on the first couple of dates, I think is huge. I don't think dating is a bad thing. I think it's a a little bit of an interview process to ask those questions to see if that is somebody that has the same values as you, because that's super important. Your values are what mold and shape you. And that's not something that you can force on somebody else, or you're going to get a big old migraine trying to do so. I love that. I think that you said something that was really good, actually. You said that it's actually, (laughs) (laughs) you said that it's an interview process. And I love that. I wonder if let me put it this way. I think in our society today, a lot of us are missing the interview process of dating. We treat dating like a final destination. Like we just go through um, our day-to-day lives and we treat it like we're already married to that person and we tend to overlook a lot of things. But I really think dating is the opportunity for you to actually figure out if that person is the right person for you. And I think dating should be... Um, sort of the journey to marriage. That's that's what it really needs to be. And I think a lot of us have treated dating like it is already official, an official covenant and we are already married. And so I think that if you're not equally yoked, then you need to consider what actions is this person taking? Are they act, are they on an active journey? Do they want to go where I want to go? Is this individual leading me well? Are we are we leading each other the proper way? And so, you know, I think it can be dangerous if if we're not looking for the same thing. You know, I've seen so many incredible individuals uh, come together and it was love at first sight, so to speak. And then you get later down the road and there's serious questions that weren't talked about. Like, Hey, I want to have kids or, Hey, I want to travel the world or, Hey, I want to start this business. And the other spouse is not on board. And all of a sudden you're five, six years into it. And you're like, Oh my goodness, what do I do? The Bible speaks to us being equally yoked. And so we were watching a documentary earlier and one of the most common responses to everything is like, well, this is what the Bible says and we believe what the Bible says. And so if you're a Christian and that's the walk that you're taking, like, I feel like all your questions can be answered if you just sometimes if I don't know the question is something I'll like Google verses about blank topic and then it'll pull up all the stuff. So I don't have to go search for it myself because the Bible is very confusing to me sometimes, to be honest, I'm not a pastor. It confuses the heck out of me. And so I will Google, what does the Bible say about being unequally yoked? And then it'll pull up all of the different scriptures and the stuff. And I prefer the message version because it dumbs it down for me. I need it to be dumbed down. I don't understand thou shalt whatever. I don't get it. That's King James. Yeah. I don't don't read King James. I don't get it. I need the message to paraphrase it, to give me the idea of what it's saying. And then I'll go on to the other versions later on. But I just need to know the concept of what the Bible says so it can help 
um, clear my vision so I can know what's right. Or I don't even like the term what's right and what's wrong. I can just, I can see what God says about it because I want what God says about it in my life. And if you're a Christian, then you should too. If there's one thing I could encourage you with, if you're struggling with this, or if you're wrestling, whether or not you should be with this person, if you're wrestling with it, you probably shouldn't be with them. But I think that we've got to look at people's present. And what I mean by that is we've got to look at people where they're at right now and not look at somebody's potential. And I know that's so countercultural. And in a lot of areas, you'd look at people's potential. You're like, hey, this person's coachable. They can get to that point. And while that is true, I think you do have to look at the present and look at where somebody's at right now to really determine. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to date someone and be like, Hey, maybe one day they'll love Jesus. Maybe one day they'll want to do that. Maybe one day they'll be self-motivated. I want to see where they at now, because the reality is if I'm going to marry you, then that's where I, you know, I need to know that we're lined up with that. And that was something that I looked at when, you know, when you and I, I noticed how you were a self-driver, how you love the Lord, how you were passionate about empowering women. And even what we're doing right now was one of your dreams early on. You're like, I want to do a podcast and look at you. It's here now. So yeah, <laughs> I'll speak to that because when Mark met me, to be honest, I was in a pretty wacky, broken area of my life. Don't take like, don't interpret this the wrong way, but like, that's just who I am because I've worked really hard on making God my number one priority. And so even in a season in my life that was a little bit wonky and confusing and heartbreaking, the core of who I was didn't change. And I think that's important to look at whoever you're looking at today. Like regardless, people will use excuses all day long of like, oh, well, like this really bad thing happened in my life. Okay, but that shouldn't change who you are at your core. And that shouldn't change what you value. That shouldn't change your actions just because you're going through a hard time. And I think people will try to milk that excuse so much of like, oh, like I've just been really down or like this, but like, okay, none of that should change who you are at your core. And so um, I think it's just asking the right questions. And you know what? I've Googled that too. Questions to ask to find out more about someone's character. I use <laughs> Google so much because it's so resourceful. And so, yeah, no excuses. You have everything at the tip of your fingers. And so use it. What, what would you say about though when people say they don't have time? Yes, you do. You're lying. People make time for what's important to them. People make time to go scroll on TikTok. People make time to um, Snapchat someone that they shouldn't be Snapchatting. People make time to eat. People make time to binge watch Netflix. People make, people make time for what they want to. And so if someone's not making time for you, it's because they don't want to. That's really good. Because you can you can call somebody for two minutes to just say hi. That's a big controversy on TikTok of like, if you wanted to, he would. Yes, people make time for what they care about. And if you're not one of them, then they don't care about you. That's true. I had a, <laughs> I had a really good friend uh, the other day post. Uh, they made a post and they said, if you think you don't have time, just go look at your screen time for the week. And those are all hours you could have put put towards something that you care about. And I think that I was like, wow, that was convicting for me. I went and checked my screen time for the day and I was like, oh my gosh, that was a lot of wasted time mm. for no reason. Get him, God. Convict him. <laughs> All right. How did you know he or she was the one? Oh my gosh. I feel like this is one of the most popular questions that people have for us. Yeah. And I hate it because I don't believe in the one. I don't know if you do or not. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to go on a limb and say where I'm at right now. I don't think there is a one. Okay. Um, and, oh, good. Me too. <laughs> and, I, and I say that because um, when I look at the Bible, there was never a single time where God specifically said, hey, this person is for you. Every time that somebody or uh, two people were to come together, he approved of it. And so I think that there are people out there that have chemistry with us, that click with us, and you have to make the choice if you want to be with that person or not. And so 
in my studies and where I'm at, I would say, I don't, I don't know that there is a one, like there's definitely a feeling when, like when I met you, I knew I wanted to marry you. Tell me more. <laughs> like I knew right away. I was like, I'm going to marry this girl. And it was so crazy. Cause I went to my, uh, one of my best friends and I told him, I was like, bro, I'm going to marry this girl. And he's like, dude, you're two days in, you're like going to fly her out. I was like, yeah, I'm going to fly her out to Seattle. We're going to go on a date and I'm going to marry this girl. And, uh, when you got it, you got it. When I got it, I got it. (laughs) Oh, I think, well, one, I don't think you're that powerful to mess up God's plan for everybody. Because if, if you think that there is one specific person in the world for you, and that is the only person, if you're acting up in that season of your life and you miss it, that means that you messed up the plan for everybody else because that person will marry somebody else. And that's not, that's not the person they were supposed to marry. So essentially everyone else's plan is messed up because you missed the mark. And that doesn't make sense to me because um, <laughs> you are not that important or powerful, but I think Ooh, what that was good. Oh. <laughs> That's like a, someone needs to hear that you are not that important or powerful. You are important, but you're not that important. Yeah. You're not that important. <laughs> but I think the question that some people try to ask is how did you know that was the one you wanted to marry? I've dated a lot in my life and I feel like I've already said that multiple times, but I have. And that's why I started talking about dating and relationships because I was super passionate about it because I tried a million times to do it right and it just did not work out. And so when I met Mark, I think that like... One, what clicked for me was that he was already in church. He would, I mean, granted, he was a pastor, so I would hope that you would be in church and I would hope you'd be living a good life. Um, but all of the things that I was like trying to get all my previous boyfriends to do, he was already doing. And one of the, like the biggest green flags for me, which people don't really think about it. And that's why I did my very first podcast episode when I started becoming better about friends, because one of the green flags was that. Mark had a lot of friends, like he had a lot of friends. And if somebody has no friends, that's a really big red flag because there's a lot of reasons why people don't have friends. And so if somebody has no freaking friends, they are the problem. And whenever you guys start dating, they're going to have such an unhealthy attachment to you. And I've experienced that with multiple of my friendships because they were not nice people. And so they had no friends. And so therefore I was their only friend. I was the only person in their life. So Mark had a lot of friends and all of his friends had all of the same exact things to say about him. And so the life that he preached about was actually the life that he lived. And that was a big thing for me. And so, yeah. And then I liked him. (laughs) And so I think that's important. You have to like somebody as a person. And so like, obviously you can think somebody's super hot. You can think somebody is really good looking, but if you don't like somebody like as a person, you don't like their company. That's something that people actually look over a lot just because they get so caught up in how somebody looks and how somebody makes them feel. I mean, you did kind of get caught up in the, you did come in and try to change the way I dress. <laughs> I'm going to be nice and let that one slide. Just, <laughs> I will not I'm, astound on I'm, that. I'm out there. I like to wear crazy stuff here and there. I will say she's definitely shaped a little bit of that. So. I have to say that the only time, this is going to sound so mean, so don't you come at me and cancel me, but the only time Mark gets compliments on his outfits at church is when I dressed him for the day. That sounds prideful, I babe. know it does, but it's so funny. It's true though. <laughs> I was I was actually at work the other day and um, my pastor, he's like, you look awesome today. He's like, you need to let your wife dress you more. I was like, "Yeah." oh my gosh, gut check, but be yourself. Do you want to add anything to that? How do you know that's the one you want to marry? Yeah. So I, I, you know, similarly to Hope, you know, I hadn't dated a lot 
I had been actually in very few relationships, but I've had some experiences and I had gone on dates. And so at the time I was what, 20, 26. Mm-hmm. And I was just at a point in my life where I knew what I wanted at that point. I had experienced everything I didn't want a uh, story of my life. I, I feel like I learned more from what I don't know, from what I don't like or what not to do than I do from uh, actually doing it right. But I had been through some situations and things that I just, I knew that what I was looking for was something that hope had. And from the moment that we went, we started FaceTiming um, to the first time I met her in an airport to our first dates, I just like, it clicked. I'll never forget. I think we were on our second date in Seattle. It was, uh, she had flew in the night before. Um, we hung out with some friends and the next day I took her to Seattle and we just had the most incredible day at, you know, Pike Place Market. We walked on the, um, along the ocean and it was just, it was amazing in downtown Seattle. And it was, I knew in that moment that there were things about her. We had fun. We were clicking. We could joke. She made me laugh. I could make her laugh. Um, we could talk about deep things. And then honestly, there was, we could sit in silence and it wasn't awkward. And so, um, all those things put together, you know, kind of gave me some clarity. Obviously there's a lot more to it and a lot more depth, but, um, I think when you've been through experiences and you know what you want, when it's in front of you, you'll be able to grab onto it. And so, you know, that's why I'm, 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 I'm a big proponent for like, Hey, if you're single, go on dates. That's okay. It's not, it's not bad for you to go on dates. What's wrong is when people drag people along that they know they're not going to date just because they're lonely and they want to find comfort in that. So be comfortable with yourself and go on dates and figure out what you want because otherwise you're going to settle for something that you don't want. There's so many like cringy Christian couples and I'm sorry, but I'm being honest. There are. And it's just, some of it is so extreme of like, don't even look at somebody like don't even text her and don't even go on a date unless if you know that God has told you like that is the one for you. And I'm just like, that is crazy. And that's why people don't want to be Christians because it's just crazy. Like we're natural human beings and God has given us free will and that, means us figuring out what that is for us and what that looks like for us. And you're not going to meet somebody sitting on your couch with them just knocking on your door and saying, I'm here. Like, it doesn't work like that. Like with anything, if you're going to start a business, like you have to go out, meet the people, do the work, like with anything. And with something as big, with a decision as important of who you're going to spend the rest of your life with, I think it is absolutely okay to go on the interview process with multiple people because that is the second most important decision of your life. (laughs) And once you get married, you're stuck, okay? You're stuck with them. So you better like them and you better make sure it's going to be with someone that you want to do the hard things with and someone who just doesn't make you feel good, but somebody who has good core values that will withstand during the hard times. Why do I feel like there's somebody right now listening to this podcast that's like, no, I found my wife sitting on my couch because I was swiping on like, Christian Mingle or Bumble or whatever. I feel like there's someone out there that's going to say that. And listen, even if you do that, that's great. That's wonderful. Um, but I mean, that's still dating. In yeah. A sense. You still have to go on a date, right? Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't, yeah. Doesn't get really off of Tinder. If you're on Tinder, get off. That is not, the only dating app that I will recommend is Hinge. I think I'm not going to say it's classy, but like, I think it is the most presentable dating app of all the other ones. And I tell girls all the time, I bash on Bumble so hard because girls are like, no, I like it because then I get to reach out to the guys. But I'm like, do you really want a guy who got on an app who's just, who wants to just sit there and wait for girls to come to him? No, you want a guy who wants to take initiative. And so if you think that you're going to find this man 
full of initiative on Bumble. I'm sorry. I know people are going to hate on me for it. I don't care. I think Bumble's trash. And I think Tinder's trash. And I think out of all of them, if you're going to go on one of them, at least do hinge. Okay. <laughs> that was a good rant. Oh, last question. Somebody asked, how do you make time to pray and spend time with God as a couple? Mm. And do you do that? And if not, how could you start that? And as the man of the house, why don't you answer it? Because we're called the lead spiritually, right? (laughs) (laughs) That sounded so weird. Um, Pastor Mark. Here's the deal. I think that, and I'll be the first to admit, have we always been on top of it? No, absolutely not. There's there's days where we go where we didn't pray as a couple. And I I know that's so wrong, uh, but I'm just going to be honest and vulnerable with you guys. Here's the deal. Um, I like to put it this way. Scripture says that we've got to seek the kingdom of God first and everything else will be added onto us. When I think of the word seeking, I think of you are you are going out of your way to not just find something, but every nook and cranny anywhere you can go, you are going to look for that thing. Like if I'm if I'm looking for my keys, I'm just like looking wherever my eyes can see, but if I'm seeking something, I'm going to turn tables over. I'm going to go in my messy closet and I'm going to look through every single article of clothing and when I seek something, I'm going all the way in. And, and scripture says to seek the kingdom of God. And so, you know, when we pray, that's the one time that our breath connects with our creator. It's the one time that we have connection with God. And the reality is we can't have a relationship or seek anything without connection. And so we've got to prioritize that connection with God. If we want to receive things, if we want him to be at the centerpiece of our life, then you need to make time to talk to him. And so I I put it plainly and simple, simply like if you want to have a connection with God, then you need to connect with God. And the only way you can do that is through prayer. Prayer is how we seek God. It's how we seek a relationship with him. And so for the men out there, if you aren't leading your spouse in that, then you aren't leading her towards Christ and you are doing what Ephesians says not to do. It says to love your wife as Christ loved his church. And so if you love her the way Christ loved her church, you will lead her to Christ and you will lead her in prayer and you will challenge her to uh, communicate with God. And so sometimes we're really good and other times we just don't. We do it individually, but as far as like together, we could be better. We didn't pray um, and stuff like that while we were dating. Um, I think that's a some people disagree. I know, but I think I personally believe that's a different level of spiritual connection that is made for marriage, not for dating. Um, that's just my opinion. I don't, you probably view it differently. No, I mean, I, I think it just comes down to the, you know, and I could be wrong on this, but right now where I stand, I think it just depends on the couple. If they, if you guys want to pray, then I mean, I don't know, but I, I kind of do agree with you in a sense though, too. It's like, it is a very intimate thing. Like when you are at the feet of Jesus with your, with your person, like that's a serious thing. And so uh, but I guess practically speaking, like I think they want to know how do they do it. I'd say this: one of the best times to do it is in the morning before you guys get started with your day, or before bed, or both. Honestly, I think those are great times. I mean, you can. I know a lot of people like to pray at their meals. That's kind of the cultural thing, so to speak. Um, I know whenever we try to pray before we eat, it's like you already be eating, girl. <laughs> I do. I start eating. Anybody out there, like? <laughs> Your Mark spouse is, is a praying. Pastor, so he prays for so long. You know what? Honestly, use Google. Google devotions for couples and spouses. 
and a bunch will pop up and you can figure out which one you like the best and read a page together. And then usually they have prayers in it. And so you guys can just pray together. Just start small. Just start by doing yeah. something. You don't have to have this extravagant one hour deep intercessory prayer with each other. Like just read a devotion and pray with each other and start small. Do you have anything else that you want to add? No, but thanks for having me on, babe. I had a great time. And- Mark is very theological, so he has very deep answers on different spiritual and Christian topics that I don't. And so if you have anything specific um, that you want to hear talked about, I'll bring Mark back on to hit on it because he does really well at that. If that's it, thank you guys so much for listening. I have a long list of people that you guys recommended that I bring on the podcast. I have to figure out how to record podcast with somebody who's not here and so give me a little bit to figure that out and then we're gonna have a guest probably once a month or so thank you for listening um i'll catch you back here next tuesday with a brand new episode and if you have any questions or you want to chat don't hesitate to send me an email to podcast at hopemokewin.com and yeah i'll see you next week all right bye bye (laughs) 